I don't listen as deeply to myself. And I just, I never even realized that. I never even thought about that as a practice of like deeply listening to myself. Yes, deeply listening to others, we need to do that. But I felt like, and I still feel like I'm, I'm relatively skilled in that area. But am I deeply listening to myself? I have been so bored this past week that I, I was sitting at home and I opened the dictionary to like somewhere in the middle and I just memorized six pages. I learned next to nothing. That one takes a second. I really like that one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 136. If you're just joining us for the first time, we start every episode with a dad joke just to lighten the mood. And if you're joining us for the first time, by the way, also rate and review this podcast because we'd love to hear your feedback and it helps other people find it. If you're listening after the first time, second, third, many listens, and you have not yet done so, please also do that. That would be great. The highest compliment you can pay is to share this uh, podcast with someone else you think may benefit, especially on social media. And if you do, please tag us on Instagram at Mana Food for Thought. You can find all of our other social media and content at our website, Mana Food for Thought, all spelled out, manafoodforthought.com. And you can click on the Patreon tab there on the homepage and become a sponsor for as little as $1 a month because this podcast does cost money to host and to uh, do all of the background operating costs and things like that. And so we're so grateful for all of our patrons. Patrons get perks, and those perks are in the works, as I always say, and one day will come to fruition, hopefully soon. So all that being said, let's get into our joy, junk, and Jesus. My joy, I just was reflecting, you know, before I hit record and... I don't know. I just, I love my life and my family and my job. And there's just so many little things that bring me joy throughout all of it. And so I'm just, I'm really, um, yeah, grateful. Um, the thing that comes to mind right now is, is we, um, <clears throat> as a, as a couple people in the staff who've been working on something, we got kind of some passive aggressive feedback from someone. And so we internally were just kind of like talking about it and like, okay, what do we think about this? And, um, my my good friend and coworker Katie, um, who I love dearly, um, just a very pithy, just enough amount of sass, but very professional kind of response, putting in her opinion. And obviously, this person who had commented to us was not on this. This was just us kind of talking internally as coworkers and sharing our, our thoughts. And um, she just put her opinion so well that I, I just replied to her. I was like, mic drop. That was just so good. So uh, it just made me laugh and I just really appreciated her. And so Katie, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, my junk is that my kids and my wife have been so sick. My kids, my, my daughter over the weekend, she had a double ear infection. She was just miserable, took her to the doctor. My wife took her to the doctor on Saturday. I, w I was with our son and got her some medicine and she like transformed back into a normal kid like within 24 hours and then the next day we saw kind of levi not doing as good we didn't want him to escalate we wanted to check him out make sure he didn't have an ear infection and so he didn't um but they called a prescription just in case he does so it's easier but he just these past few days has been real miserable so he's not complaining about any ear aches or anything and he seems like he's getting a little bit better today um, and then my wife has been out sick from work for a few days, um, taking care of them. And, you know, it's a lot running around after kids and not feeling good yourself. And so, <clears throat> um, I probably had it the easiest for once. Usually I feel like I get it the worst. <laughs> um, anything we as a family get, my kids seem like they bounce back right away. Um, but it was the opposite. My kids really got hit hard by whatever this was. And then, uh, my wife too. And, and I, I, 
pretty much came out unscathed, just had a little bit of congestion, a sore throat, but it's still not fun seeing your kids deal with all of that. And yeah, so pray for my family. They're still uh, in the midst of healing and getting better. But my daughter was cleared to go back to school today. She's doing great. It's just my son who just really needs uh, some prayers and my wife too. But, you know, she's her and I are, you know, we're adults. We can take care of ourselves even when we're sick. Like we can still, you know, we know what we need. We can communicate that. We can rest. He's two. He's still can't necessarily do any of that stuff. So pray for him so he he can be a little more comfortable and get back to his normal self. And uh, my Jesus moment was, um, you know, November is usually a big month and has been a big month for me going out and speaking at different parishes. So I, I gave two talks last week. I'm giving two talks this week. I'm giving um, actually three talks this week and then uh, another talk at the end of the month. So far, November is usually very busy. Um, <clears throat> but I was giving a talk last week on safe environment at a parish. I give a lot of those in the diocese. So I'm doing like three of those this month. And, um, one, it turned into this one parish just kind of, they brought me in and they really didn't have a plan for what else was going to happen, which is fine. You know, it's not ideal, but you know, um, I don't, I usually don't take the whole time. I come and give a talk and I give them an opportunity to break up into small groups to do, and I have suggested things that they can do and they can just kind of take and implement. They didn't seem to be ready for any of that. So there was about half an, half an hour left at the end. And the host just kind of was like, are there any questions? And it turned into, there's about 250 teenagers in this like big uh, auditorium. And it turned into this like dating and relationship, like family drama, friendship drama, Q&A. And it was great to see people like very into the questions and answers, you know? And like really, these teens really wanting to know like, what do I do in this relationship? Like, how do I get out of this toxic situation? And it was just, I don't know, it was very refreshing to see, like, they can acknowledge and recognize when things aren't going well, and they really want help. They want to know, like, what to do about it. So, or they want to know, like, is this a bad situation that I'm in? And they're they're really good at being authentic and honest about those things. They don't, like, beat around the bush. In fact, there's this one teen, <laughs> I think the, the rest of his class was, like, about to turn on him because he asked probably four or five questions and it was like every other question or every few questions, it was, it was him and he would raise his hand and he said, every question started with, let's say you cheated. And, and everyone was like, dude, like, we know you're talking about yourself. Like, I felt so bad for this kid, but he was really honestly trying to figure out, it seemed like how to figure out how to fix this situation. Oh, there's a hummingbird right outside my window. Hello, friend. Hello. Just checking me out. Don't run into the window. All right. See you later. Very cool. Um, anyway, so I felt bad for that dude. But anyway, let's get into our topic for this episode. We always follow the second reading. Second reading for this upcoming Sunday uh, is Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 20. Um, this is a really great um, Christological reading um, and a reading about um, you know how God, a very charismatic reading, I should say, um, very much about the good news and delivering us from the power of sin and darkness and death. Um, and, and everything that God did to reconcile us through Jesus Christ. And so, you know, a line like, he delivered us from the power of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That's in, in, in this reading, very famous verse. Um, but the one part I wanted to focus on is, um, is a verse in here that says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And it just reminded me of the presence of God in all things. You know, I think that's the famous uh, saying of the Jesuits and spiritual emphasis of the Jesuit order is finding God in all things. 
and and I'm sure that comes probably from St. Ignatius of Loyola, founder of the Jesuits, but um, I've been very much Jesuit educated in a lot of different avenues of my own theological formation, and that has been a, a consistent focus in in all of my formation, is how do you find God in all things? How do you recognize that he is he is there, he's behind everything, he's calling everything to be. There's this great passage in Wisdom, chapter 11, um, that goes into, into chapter 12, and it said, <clears throat> it says, For you love all things that are, and loathe nothing that you have made. For you would not fashion what you hate. How could a thing remain unless you willed it, or be preserved had it not been called forth by you? But you spare all things because they are yours, O ruler and lover of souls, for your imperishable spirit is in all things. And I love that passage. I just recently came across it. I know I've read it before, but it just really struck me uh, when I read it recently. It reminded me <clears throat> really of my own conversion. You know, when, you know, I, I was going through the confirmation process as a teenager. You know, my parents started bringing us to church a little late. I got baptized when I was like eight, eight or nine. But for some reason, I didn't go through RCIA adapted for teens, even though I should have at that age. I didn't. I don't know, an anomaly, I guess. I think it was because my sister was younger than the age of reason, and they wanted us to go through, you know, kind of get caught up on our formation together. So anyways, we got baptized, at, I think like maybe about nine and seven or eight and six. And then we went through First Communion shortly thereafter. We started going to some of our like CCD, you know, faith formation stuff on Sundays. And I remember going to middle school youth group here and there very infrequently, high school youth group very infrequently here and there. And I did confirmation in high school <clears throat> and that was just, you know, was expected. I think I was just being obedient. I didn't really mind. Um, it wasn't the most exciting, but I liked social situations, especially anyone where I could meet any particular girl who might have any particular interest in me. So I pretty much said yes to anything that involved being out of my house where there were no girls that I could potentially date and, and going and meeting some of them. So that was my main impetus for pretty much everything I did until I was like 18 years old. So anyway, um, I went through confirmation and I, I left, I stopped coming to mass after I got confirmed. Uh, I was one of those typical teens who didn't understand the confirmation process. My family didn't understand it. They presented it to me as like, when you do this, you're an adult in the faith and then you can make your own decision about being Catholic. That's not what confirmation is. If you've ever heard that or thought that, that is incorrect. So, but I believe that, and I started practicing it. I stopped going to church. Um, no one ever told me why we went to church, what we believed as Catholics. I sat behind my dad, who sang in the choir. The choir was okay, um, but it wasn't the highlight of my weekend, you know. Um, and, and I didn't even get into the whole, like, donuts and coffee. We normally didn't, like, stick around for that. Or I, if we did, I don't really – it wasn't something that I really connected to. Like, oh, I can't wait to go to church and get a donut. It was like, why are we doing this? So, anyways – I stopped going to church, and, and I had plans to become an actor. I didn't apply to college anywhere, and uh, most of you know my story. Two weeks before graduation, my best friend died. Tragically, he drowned in the lake where we grew up because we were out swimming and filming for a final audiovisual class project. And he had been up the whole night before at a pole vaulting banquet because he was an athlete, hadn't slept well. Um, and even though it was, <clears throat> it was June— the water, you know, we lived in a mountain community one mile up in elevation. The water was still decently cold, and uh, we, there were three of us there, me and our other friend, we were swimming out to this little island. I mean, this is maybe a 50-yard swim from shore, not not far. We had, we were fully clothed, but our friend, AJ, who died, um, he had, you know, taken his t-shirt off, taken his shoes off, and he didn't want to get those wet, and was swimming across in his jeans, and he, you know, cramped up and uh, couldn't swim, and ended up going under and 
By the time I got to the island, I realized he had gone under, swam back, got him out of the water, started doing CPR, but it was too late. And so, you know, that obviously was a very traumatic event. I remember it very vividly, even as I describe it. I can put myself there. I, I can go back to that dock. I know exactly where it is, where, where I pulled him up uh, in the lake. And and um, I remember I, I couldn't really talk for a while. I didn't really want to see anybody. Um, I felt very much responsible, like I couldn't help. I couldn't have, I could have done better. I could have acted quicker. Um so I was I was really taking it hard, obviously, as, as anyone would. But he really was my best friend. You know, we hung out every day. We were in a band together. We, you know, we hung out every day at lunch. You know, saw each other pretty consistently after school, um, and we were we just were in the same core group of friends. So, um, anyway, he passed away, and I about a week or two later was in my room, home alone kind of just like yelling at God, like, why am I still here? Like, just take me. Like I had, I had nothing going for me, you know, nothing to amount to. I hadn't applied to college. I'd made a lot of mistakes in high school. I was just chasing after girls where he was like straight A's, great athlete, like he'd gotten a scholarship, you know, like was going to, I think he was going to go to UCLA and um, he's brilliant at physics and just like really smart, sharp guy, perfect gentleman. Everybody loved him. The nicest guy in our friend group by far. <laughs> and and the most, you know, uh, moral, ethical, and noble of our friend group by far, uh, and probably the most talented musically. He was very um, adept and devoted to like just getting really good at music, you know, and all the stuff that we would do. Most of us were just kind of messing around every time we had band practice. So, anyways, um, I heard God speak to me, and he uh, he said, uh, "You're still here because I'm not done with you yet." And I don't know. I just had this sense that like okay, I, I have a mission and everything that happens in my life is oriented to that mission. God didn't want this bad thing to happen, but it did. And he's going to use it to orient me to that mission. And these passages about like, you know, God's imperishable, imperishable spirit is in all things, or how could a thing remain unless he willed it or be preserved if it had not been called forth by you, that reading in wisdom chapter 11. Um, it just reminded me that like God is with me. Like God is is with me. That's what the promise of the incarnation is where Mary is told, you shall name him Emmanuel for God is with us. That's what the name Emmanuel means. God is with us. Like God becoming man, that closeness, that intimacy. Like I experienced that. I knew God was with me in that moment. And I knew that um, like if he forgot about me for a minute, I would cease to exist for even a millisecond. Like he's always willing me into existence. He knows exactly what I'm going through. And my name is always on his lips. And that he 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 has AJ. Like AJ's fine. AJ has no worry in the world. Like he's he's great. You know, it's it's me I should be worried about because my job is not yet finished. And I need to focus on getting to a place where I know when I die I'm gonna be able to join him in heaven. Um, and that I can live up to to a legacy that's worthy of remembering like one that I believe that he did, even in his short young life. And so this phrase in the second reading, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. It just, you know, reminded me of, of my own kind of conversion experience. That moment God spoke to me and just kind of showed me that he, he was there, even though this he didn't want this to happen, um, that he was with me. And um, and it goes back all the way to Exodus, Exodus chapter 3, where, where God reveals his name to Moses. And Moses says, like, if 
if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Like, what do I tell them? God replies to him and says, I am who am. He says, this is what you will tell the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Like, I am who is. I am existence. I am being. I am, I am the sheer act of to be itself, as Bishop Barron often puts it. And so the fact that we are existing, that I am talking, that you are listening to this in this moment means that God is with you. It means that he has not forgotten about you. It means he's willing you into existence in this moment, that your name is always on his lips. And if he forgot about you for a millisecond, you would cease to exist. And so I read this and I think about that, that God is always with me. And I think about then, why do I or so many other people feel then at times we are so disconnected from God or we cannot hear him or we feel like he's not there? Like I've shared this before, but I always find it very humorous when people say like, you know, I went and I, I just went and I, I found God. And I was like, where'd you find him? Like in a shoebox? Like, you know, where was he? He's everywhere. He's willing all things into existence. He is existence himself itself. Like he's the supreme being of and the, the supreme act and, and a reality of all being like it. You can't lose him. He's all around you, you know. So. But why is it that we often feel um, so disconnected? And, and I think it's things that, we've, that you know, I've talked about before and that you probably know. Noise, busyness, which is another form of noise. Um, and, but, I, but what I wanted to focus on just for a moment is just it's, it's a lack of listening. And uh, I, I just finished reading a book, uh, rereading a book for my um, spiritual direction formation program. And it's, it's called Reaching Out, The Three Movements of the Spiritual Life by Henry Nouwen. And he, he talks in the section on prayer about the three ways that God speaks. And he says, through scripture, through silence, and through spiritual direction. And first, just to pause there and to use that as a litmus test for your own life, like, do you feel like God is speaking to you? Do you feel like you have a really vibrant, connected relationship with God? Well, maybe it's because you're not diving enough into scripture, silence, and spiritual direction. And if you don't have those three things in your life, then... The voice of God is going to be muffled. There's going to be obstacles. You're going to have an inability or an in less experienced, um, less experienced ability or practice to be able to hear Him. So, think about those three things. What's maybe one that you could part particularly grow in? But I wanted to share just this brief experience, you know, and. and to close this episode that I had in my most recent class of that spiritual direction formation program. We meet once a month and um, this last one was on listening. And I have taken like a lot of, you know, interpersonal communication classes and workshops. And I, I train people on how to do relational ministry, how to facilitate small group discussion, how to actively listen to others. I do it in spiritual direction all the time. Like I listen very intently to other people. I know how to do things like active listening, pay attention to body language, theirs and mine and read body language and, you know, all of that. And, and from the affirmation and the, the uh, um, feedback I've gotten from others, it seems as though I have, you know, certain gifts in that area of like spiritual listening to others. But there was this interesting activity that we did. And it was like a listening activity. And it's called a listening stick activity because someone has a stick when you're doing it in person. But we were on Zoom, so we didn't use a stick. Um, and I know you might be thinking, like, this sounds like a cheesy 90s kumbaya thing. That's exactly what I thought when they said the name of the activity. But what the activity was, was basically someone would pose a question. And then the, the person in the group that that was directed to would then take as much time as they needed in silence to listen to that question. 
and to reflect on it. And the instruction particularly said, like, pay attention to your initial reaction uh, to the question. And then, like, basically, like, ignore that, set that aside, or, like, listen more deeply. Like, don't just take what first comes into your mind. Like, really settle in and really pay attention to what the question is stirring in you and what kind of is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, in essence, it was a, an exercise in deeply listening to yourself. And I realized after doing that, not only was my answer far different than it would have been had I just answered surface level, like the first thing that popped in my head, which was good. It was still a good answer. But my answer was radically different and so much more meaningful, personal, and, and intentional than the one I would have given. And I realized this because like being in ministry and especially being like in, in front of people a lot, being in the hot seat, kind of like that dating Q&A I was in with teenagers last week. I am used to the practice of receiving a question and having to process it very quickly and come up with something coherent and convincing, inspiring, like, you know, a persuasive in a very short period of time and then be able to, like, articulate that and not sound, you know, uncredible or, you know, ridiculous, like to, to do it in a, an intelligent way. And I'm very good at doing that. Like, it's become, you know, like second nature to me. But because of that, I, um, I don't listen as deeply to myself. And I just, I never even realized that. I never even thought about that as a practice of like deeply listening to myself. Yes, deeply listening to others, we need to do that. But I felt like, and I still feel like I'm, I'm relatively skilled in that area. But am I deeply listening to myself, like to my own desires, my own needs, the way that the Lord is speaking directly to me? Because as it says again, in the end of that uh, reading from wisdom, this is wisdom 12 verse one, your imperishable spirit is in all things. Like God's imperishable spirit is in me. And when I deeply listen to myself, I'm deeply listening to the Lord. That's what real silence is. And in that book by now, and he makes a distinction between loneliness and solitude, real silence is not about loneliness. It's not about just like being by yourself. It's about having a sense of solitude where you are kind of at one with yourself, even if you're in a crowded room. You have a sense of like your purpose, your being, your, your real intention or desire in that moment. And you can connect to God and, and draw him into that space, even if it is in the midst of busyness, chaos, your normal everyday life. And so, I don't know, I just, I kind of was very touched by that and been reflecting on it a lot. Like, and I wanted to share that. I, I don't really know if it's beneficial to you or you resonating with this at all, but just the invitation to like, maybe spend some time in silence and deeply listen to yourself. Maybe it's posing a question, you know, finding maybe some reflection questions, sitting with a scripture and really like not settling for the initial reaction. Maybe this is something that in the coming week of the Thanksgiving holiday, when you are uh, in front of your family and, and friends and other people who may have very different opinions about religion and politics than you do, having the opportunity to deeply listen to them and then when you are asked a question or when something is posed to you, whether it's an argument, a debate, a question, conversation, to take a moment and deeply listen to yourself, to not just give the gut reaction, the emotional response, but to really consider, like, what am I being invited to share here? So there's this, the, once we did that in this listening stick activity, I want to end with this. We shared, and then the great thing about this is that the next person did not answer that same question. 
that the person who just answered the question got to then reflect and think of a new question. So the great thing was that everyone in the group was not worried about thinking the whole time about how they were going to answer that same question. They were totally devoted to listening to that person's response. So it was a really beautiful exercise in listening. But how they instructed us to come up with a question is they would allow us to reflect again, spend as much time as we needed, 30 seconds, a minute, however long. And instead of thinking like, what's the question that I want to ask? The question just changed to simply, what is the question that wants to be asked? As if there is a question that is going to generate itself, a very spirit-led uh, question that will come to us from the Lord. And sure enough, every group, every person had that experience of when they were able to deeply listen to themselves and quiet themselves, let the surface-level responses and, and personal desires settle, the Lord spoke, the Lord inspired, the Lord asked. And it was so crazy in my own personal group. It was as if every question that was asked to the person that was next was as if it was specifically catered for that person. Because each person was like, I can't believe you just asked me that because like, here's the situation. Like it was just like so, and they were not related to each other at all. These questions were all very different. So that was just, it was just something very valuable I received. I felt like it kind of related to my reflection on the reading this week. And so I just wanted to offer that to you. Uh, to recognize that God is in all things. God causes all things to be in him. All things hold together. That he is with you in the midst of whatever's going on in your life right now. And that we can encounter him when we learn to deeply listen to ourselves and others. When we learn to remove ourselves for a moment from the noise, the busyness, and to really listen. Listen to him in scripture. Listen to him through spiritual direction, us, other people guiding us and listening to us, but also in silence where we can really listen to him and listen to ourselves more deeply to really ask instead in prayer, what is it that I want to say or I want to ask the Lord or I want to say in this conversation or I want to ask this person and shift that to what is it that needs to be said to the Lord? What is it that needs to be said in this conversation? What questions need to be asked of the Lord? What, what questions need to be asked in this conversation? And then coming back to all the conversations you may have in the midst of that, all the things you may want to say about yourself and you're listening to yourself and you're listening to God, to always, once you are in the midst of listening and you're considering speaking, to consider this uh, Sufi saying, which is when you're considering speaking, think, is it these three things? Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Consider that when you're thinking of speaking out of the listening that you have to yourself, to God, and to others. And especially to others this week as we come into the messiness of family and the Thanksgiving and holiday season, seeing a lot of people who we may not agree with or we may have heated debates with. Remember, what is the question that wants to be asked? How do I deeply listen to others and to myself? And when I do choose to speak, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Because in the midst of this, God is in it. God is in all things. He's before all things and he holds all things together. And he is meeting you in these different spaces. He's willing you and all the other people you're interacting with into existence at every moment. And he has a specific plan, purpose, and mission for each of you. And so none of this is by accident. No interaction is without an opportunity to bring his grace, his hope, his love into the environment. So don't waste those chances and those opportunities this holiday season and especially in this coming week. That's all I have for you this week. God bless you, and until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. Bye.